Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Our topic is establishing order in mind and affairs. This is one in a series of studies titled Your Twelve-Fold Divine Power. It is a study based upon the esoteric interpretation that Jesus and the twelve disciples are really you and the twelve faculties are qualities of your mind. And that's quite a revelation to some of you, and it may seem like blasphemy to those of you who may be from the orthodox Christian background. However, I say that everything, everyone, every place in the Holy Bible has an esoteric or inner meaning. So that Jesus, for example, is not simply a historical or theological figure, nor are the twelve disciples of Jesus simply historical or theological personality. To me, Jesus is the God-conscious mind in man, the God-conscious mind in me. Jesus is this mind within me which knows who and what I am in God and who and what God is in me. And again, you see, Jesus is the master mind. Jesus is the master mind of God in me. Jesus is the master mind of God in me. And we come now to the ninth disciple of Jesus. James, son of Alphaeus. There are two Jameses among the disciples of Jesus, you have noticed. The first James being James, the son of Zebedee. The second James among the disciples of Jesus, which is the ninth disciple which we now study, is James, son of Alphaeus also known among scholars as James the Less, probably known as James the Less because this James is less known, perhaps. I trust it's not because they regard this James less, for this James should not be regarded less, as we shall see immediately. James, son of Alphaeus, represents the quality of order, divine order, among the faculties of the mind, among the qualities of your mind. James, 
son of Alpheus. And I want you to notice the name Alpheus. It begins with A-L-P-H-A, which is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And we're going to notice that James, son of Alpheus, is that quality of mind which knows right order, divine order, first cause. James, son of Alpheus. Son of Alpheus indicates consciousness of first cause. To me, son of Alpheus indicates consciousness of first cause. This means that you should discipline your mind in the consciousness of first cause and always judge according to first cause. James, son of Alpheus, consciousness of first cause judges right judgment according to divine order. It understands to quote Jesus from Revelation 22:13, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Meaning, thought precedes and determines results. Thought precedes and determines results. Now, this little statement is a statement of divine order, of divine precedence. And the mind is to be disciplined to know this order, to know this divine principle, to know this first call. And I'm going to harp on this and be redundant about it, because as I've said time and time again in our esoteric studies, that the whole Bible and all of true religion are really trying to tell us only one thing, and here is this one thing stated in different wordology. Thought precedes and determines results. And I am, of course, is awareness. I am is consciousness. I am is thinking. I am is thought. I am Alpha. Thought is first. Results are last. But the thought and its results are what? One. I and my Father are one. For this is divine principle, and if we ever once learn this principle and put it to practice, as the old spiritual says, you won't have to study war no more. Thought precedes and determines results. Now, this is the order of things. This is always the order of things. Whatever results you're getting in your life now, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent, whether you like them or do not like them, you may be sure that I am Alpha, meaning that thinking was first. It is so easy to forget first cause or to forget divine order or to even not know it at all because there's so many people who are not even conscious of this divine order. 
And those of us who study it must come to realize that the mind must be brought back constantly to this principle, to this first principle, to this consciousness of first cause. Because if we're not careful, we may so quickly and easily blame other people and other things and forget first cause. Thought precedes and determines results. Ladies and gentlemen, here is a law that is always at work in your mind and experience. This is the Lord. This is the Lord of Lords. This is the law of laws. And your mind must be disciplined to know and to remember and to live in the consciousness of this law. And you must establish a positive relationship with this law and with this law. And keep your thinking under surveillance. One great teacher used to say when he cross-examined his thoughts, and this is a question that we may well take into cognizance. Can I afford the results of the thoughts that I am thinking? Say that with me. Can I afford the results of the thoughts that I am thinking? Now, if you will do well several times a day to ask yourself that. We may ask this question in other ways, such as, Can I afford or do I want the results of my beliefs? Do I want the results of my word which I am speaking? Because, you see, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. If I work with first cause with certain kinds of thoughts, I'm going to have that exact kind of results. Why? Because this is the order of things. This is the sequence. Now, that's another word I'd like to introduce. Sequence. You see, when I'm talking about order here also, I'm talking about sequence. First the thought, and then result. So that every thought has a consequence. Every thought comes with a certain sequence. Results come in a certain sequence. And that sequence is first thinking and then result. That is the law of laws, the Lord of lords. And it's so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get under it, so wide you can't get around it, you must come in at the door. You know, that's another very interesting thing. The world mind seems to think that life is just a collection of happenstance. Most people seem to think that there's nothing they can do about their lives. That things happen just because they happen. No. Life is science. And the law of living, the law of life is exact. And that's why we call this science of living a mind science. Because you can know the law. I can know the law of life, the law of mind, and get exact results. I can know the law of life, the law of mind and get exact results. Let me quote again from Revelation 22:13 from the lips of Jesus. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. You see, that's exact. I am the thought and the thing. And the thing is exactly like what? The thought. I am the root 
and the offspring. I am the way. I am the door. It's the door. It's the way. It's the root. It's the offspring. It's alpha. It's omega. It's the first. It's the last. I want to examine something else about this statement. Thought precedes and determines results. Thought determines results. Thought determines results according to the nature of the thought. If I think health, then the healthy nature of that thought is going to be a healthy determination upon the results that I get. Remember now, we're dealing with the leading, the chief, the first cause. Thought precedes and determines results. First thought, then last of all results according to the thought. This is the order, this is the sequence in which the law, the law of mind works. There's a quotation, so let me give it to you. Order is heaven's first law. But I'd like to give you the intention of the entire statement. Order is heaven's first law. There is a sequence by which everything happens. Say that. There is a sequence by which everything happens. And by the time something happens, it's the end of the sequence. I am the first and what the last. And the last part of the sequence is a result, a manifestation, a demonstration, a materialization. Now, this James, son of Altheus, function of mind, when called to discipleship, keeps affairs in order with the judgment. The divine order is in order. You know, it's a wonderful thing that there is absolute law in the universe that mind operates according to absolute law. I don't know how many of you have ever watched a carpenter working, but a carpenter has among his basic tools a ruler. And by the ruler, he measures what? Distances. A ruler, and I'm giving definition off of the top of my head, gives a standard unit of measurement. A ruler gives a standard unit of measurement. There has to be some standard unit of measurement. The carpenter cannot work by a different unit of measurement every time he measures something, can he? Or what would he have? He would not have order. He would have what? Disorder. An inch must be an inch. Whether it is an inch of board or an inch of wire or an inch of concrete, whether it is an inch at the top of the building or in the basement, an inch must be an inch. Now, I want to say this again also. People who are not interested in learning how to live by science, maybe this isn't for you at all if you just want to go out and just live by just dumb luck. And I'm having to deal with those people on their own terms and in their own language. So the master did say we will have to preach to them in their own language. And I'm having to deal with the luck people. But I'm here to tell you that life is not based on dumb luck. And I'm here to tell you also that your experience is not based on dumb luck. There is a unit of measurement called the Lord. The law. The law of mind. And you must live your life by it if you want exact results. For it says, I am the first and the last. The way you begin with me is what you're going to end with. 
Whatever thoughts you begin with, you're going to end with those results. It's that simple. And yet that's profound. And here again, just like the carpenter constantly picks up his ruler to check what he is doing by a standard unit of measurement, as we live our lives, we must constantly pick up the law of mind with our remembrance to measure our thoughts by it. A carpenter hopefully knows what he's trying to build or to make. Why should you, with your precious eternal life, be less scientific? You ought to know what the hell you're trying to build. People are so scientific about so many things, but the main thing they can be so unscientific about. And it just tickles me when I hear about people criticizing mind science, the science of mind, and they're scientific about everything else. Why in the hell can't you get scientific about the way you use your mind and about the way you think? Even the Holy Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. Well, what's all this argument then about mind science, a science of mind? Why are religious people trying to put it down? What's all this foolishness about? Even Paul, whom they quote, says in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, be you transformed even by the renewing of your mind. God is not playing dice with your life. And don't you do it either. Learn the science, learn the law, and live by it. So say with me, God is not shooting crap with my life. Come on. But you know, a lot of religious people, somehow or the other, they think, that, well, you know, maybe God's shooting crap with their life. Oh, God, please roll your dice. And if, if, if you can get it to come up 7-Eleven, I sure would appreciate it. But if you can't get it to come up snake eyes, I will be done. Even in prayer, I remember, I used to shudder in Sunday school in church whenever I would hear people pray and say, Thy will be done. There's something in me always said, Oh, hell, what now? Because it was like if you said to God, Thy will be done, you didn't know what he was going to do to you. I don't know how many of you, but you know, in that experience, I used to fear the will of God. Because every time something terrible happened, people said it was the will of God. They've even got it written into insurance. Did you know that? Act of God. Everything that is beyond the power of man to humanly manipulate in insurance is called what? An act of God. Now that is correct and it's incorrect. That's a paradox. Everything is an act of God, good, bad, or indifferent. It's the act of consciousness. Everything is the act of thinking. But you see, in mind science, we can control the results by knowing that I am Alpha and Omega, by knowing that I am the root and the offspring, by knowing that as a man thinks, so is he. And because we know in the science that as a man thinks, so is he, we can change our thinking. We can control our thinking and control the results. So yes, in this science, we can even control the acts of God. It is given to you to control God in your life. Yes, I've got Bible for it. Jesus, the mastermind, said to his disciples, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's the masterman. That's the mastermind. You see, the mastermind realizes that all the power of heaven and earth is given to it to exercise. And whether you like it or not, you've got to deal with it. But you see, it's an interesting thing about human consciousness. 
human consciousness does not want self-responsibility. And even on an individual basis, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself blaming other folks and blaming other things. Now, every time you open your mind or your mouth to blame somebody else or something else, you must remember you are denying your divine power. You are denying the truth of first cause, the truth of divine principle, the truth of divine sequence, that I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. First the thought, then the thing, the results. Let's go back for a moment again to the statement of the mastermind and, and repeat it after me. All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Man, the theologians caught that ball and they're still running with it and don't know where they're going with it. And so right away, they made Jesus something that nobody else is. Now, that is the terrible misinterpretation of Jesus. Nowhere has Jesus ever told anybody that Jesus was something that nobody else was not. I've got news for you. You and Jesus are the same. You and Jesus have the same daddy. But the theologians have made Jesus God's only son and the rest of you bastards. And Jesus himself said to the disciples, what? The works that I do, shall you do also. Because I go to my father. Now, the theologians got old and said, yeah, you see, he's going back to his daddy. And what was Jesus trying to say? I go to first cause. That's how I do my works. And you go to first cause and you do the same work. <laughs> I want to run that past you again. Did you grab it? Oh, the preachers preach. The works that I do shall you do also because I go to my Father. Yes, Jesus is gone now. He's gone to his Father. Every time you deal with first cause, you go to the Father. Because the Father is first cause. First cause is the Father. And every man who goes to first cause becomes a master. And all power in heaven and earth is given unto him. As long as you understand how to go to first cause, you can exercise consciously and masterfully all of the power in heaven and in earth, meaning in mind and experience, in this case. In this case, heaven and earth means mind and experience. So this business of going to the Father is not a geographical thing. Please get that out of your mind. Whenever you remember first cause, whenever you remember the thoughts of things, for example, you decide, okay, I want some money. I'll go to the Father with a thought. I will go to my own thought and think money. And that thought will be the power that will bring money into my spirit. The work that I do shall you do also because I go to my Father. The source of my power, the source of the work that I do is because I go to the Father. I go to what? To first cause. I go to divine principle. I work with divine principle. I work with the law of mind. Consciously. And to go to the Father is to consciously and masterfully work with the law of mind. All right, I want an answer to a particular problem, to a particular situation that has developed in my life. All right, I'll go to the Father about this. What does it mean? I'll go to my own thought. And in my thought, I will acknowledge first cause. I will acknowledge the God mind within me and say something like, God in me knows what to do, how to do, and does it. You see, I have gone to my father with that, standing right in the same spot. 
I hope you people are learning now how to go to the Father. Now, it doesn't mean you have to sprout wings and take off up in the blue. And when Jesus went to the Father, you know, and they're still waiting for him to get back from the Father. Oh, he's there sitting on the right hand of God. Yes, absolutely, Jesus sits on the right hand of God. The right hand means power. And it means that once you understand divine principles, you exercise the power of God. That's what it means to sit on the right hand of God. So repeat after me. Once I understand divine principle, first cause, and how to work with it, I exercise divine power. Consciously and masterfully. This James, son of Alpheus, function of mind, when called into discipleship, keeps affairs in order with the judgment the divine order is in order. You see here again, as I say, it's coming right back to a standard unit of measurement. When my affairs would seem to be out of order, this is what I do very quickly. Maybe somebody's mad with me. Uh, maybe somebody seems to be out of order. Maybe that seems to be out of order. The other seems to be out of order. Right away, I pick up my ruler as a carpenter does. And I stop and I say, the divine order is in order. God has never changed. The law has never changed. And to tell you the truth, the only thing that ever gets out of order is individual consciousness. You can get away from the consciousness of that order. But here again, if there be any difference between Jesus and any man, it's in that word consciousness. Because again, Jesus is consciousness of divine order. Jesus is consciousness of right relationship between God and man. That's what Jesus is. Jesus is not just simply one historical or theological person. Jesus is every person who is conscious of right relationship with God. Also, this divine order quality of the mind orders the affairs with the realization of divine principle and prevents confusion with the realization and judgment that right action is in action. That's another great ruler that I pick up every once in a while. And when, it, when it would appear outwardly that there is some kind of contrary activity, right away I will say, Right action is inaction. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. See, that's right judgment. That's James. That's right judgment. That's James. But James, son of Alpheus, goes still further and is judging according to first call. Now, let's get a sense of that as well. Do you know right action never becomes inactive? The divine order never gets out of order and divine right action is never inactive. Silly sounding little statement to the carnal ear that God has taken foolish things to puzzle the wise. And these little statements help to bring us back out of the mass consciousness, out of the morass of negative world opinion if for some reason we drift in that direction. Yes, it is rather easy for the mind to get lost in world opinion, in the enchantments of negatives. This is simple, it's repetitious, it's redundant, but it works and I want to show you how to use it. You have all of these qualities of your mind and they can bless you. 
So repeat after me again. Right action is in action. And right action is not going to get out of action. Now, James is to constantly make that judgment. And the son of Alphaeus is to constantly be conscious that if he goes to first cause or to the Father with this thought, with this consciousness, this awareness of right action, that this right action will be manifest in affairs. So whenever you have a situation, how many of you have ever had any situation, situation where it looked like that everything was just going to hell? Then it's time for affirmation. It's time for right judgment. It's time to go to what? The Father. All right, the divine order is in order and it's not going to get out of order. And you just shout that to yourself. Shout that to your mind until you remember it. Now, one thing I want to underscore again is stop thinking that what you've got to do is try to manipulate things out there. No, no, no. The only thing you're really trying to manipulate is your own consciousness, your own thought. The first thing that I must do is go to the Father, go to my own thought. Remember the chief cause, the first cause, which is thought, and get my thought straightened out. All right, the divine order is in order, and it is not going to get out of order. It makes no difference what happens, you see. The, the cow may jump over the moon, and the dish may run away with the spoon. Now, it can seem like that sometimes, can't it? But you see, what we're learning here, we're learning how to handle life scientifically by handling our mind scientifically. When all of these things happen, we must learn not to let the mind get lost in these appearances. That's the meaning of the old evangelistic term, lost. You're lost from the truth. You forgot it. You're caught up with the cow jumping over the moon. You're caught up with the dish running away with the spoon. You're caught up with the unemployment rate and the apazootics that are going around that everybody's catching. That's the meaning of being lost. But no, you're not to get caught up with that. James, the righteous judge, is to judge right judgment. Okay, the divine order is in order, and it's not going to get out of order. James, the son of Alpheus, must right away be conscious of first cause. He says, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Nothing that seems to be going out on out there is first cause. Now that's another thing that you've got to remember. Experience is not first cause. Thought is. Materiality is not first cause. Thought is. You remember that. And if you want to change results, go back to first cause. Go back to the Father. Because with the Father, with first cause, all power in heaven and in earth is given to you. So these simple statements, you ought to use them. I'm not here just to teach you theory. And if there is now, or if there ever arises certain situations in your life, use these affirmations. And as I say, I want to be redundant about this also. Stop thinking that what you need to do is manipulate the things of the people involved. You don't need to manipulate a blessed thing. So repeat after me. I don't need to manipulate a blessed thing. I don't need to manipulate other people. All I need to do is go back to first cause. All I need to do is go to my father. 
which is thought. And in thought, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, whereby, as I change my mind, conditions must change. I dare you to become absolutely understanding and convinced of the fact, the truth, that as I change my mind, conditions must change. I dare you to. And I dare you to work with that. And to relate it to the first disciple, Simon Peter, you must develop rock faith in this thought principle. I dare you to stand on this principle like a rock. Let it be a rock under your thinking. But here again, as I say, it's so easy really to get lost out there in the world. Forget all this. You see, that's the whole thing. The further you get away from this, the more lost you get. That beautiful verse of Scripture, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you power to get wealth, to get anything. But look at the, the word, you shall what? Remember. I'm going to tell you something. To solve any problem that you have now, that you ever will have, the only thing that you really ever need to do is remember. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. And have rock faith in the principle that thought is God. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Have rock faith in the principle. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Have rock faith in that. Stop believing appearances and believe God. Stop believing world opinions and believe God. And you see, you will establish order. You will establish divine order in your affairs. Once you come to know this divine sequence of thought and manifestation, that's another way of saying it. Say with me, thought and manifestation. So that's the order of things. That's the sequence of things. And there is always thought and manifestation. 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 It's not Susie. It's not the unemployment rate. It's not the diseases going around. All of life is what? Thought and manifestation. It's a sequence of that. This is order. This is the order. And you must become conscious of that order and work with it intelligently, consciously, masterfully. The mind must be disciplined to do this. You see that? And I like this word. I've intended to deal with this word discipline. And too many times this is what is lacking. But we must discipline ourselves. We must discipline our mind. We must discipline the qualities and the faculties of our minds so that they operate and serve us in divine order. Yes, discipline yourself. Talk to yourself. And every time you catch yourself going astray from divine principle, say to yourself, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you power. I want to say this again. The only thing we really ever need to do to solve any present problem or any future problem is simply to remember Remember divine order. Remember divine sequence, which again is what? Thought and manifestation. Thought 
and manifestation. Okay, here's this problem that confronts me all of a sudden. Or maybe it's a long-standing problem. Okay, how can I work this out? I can work it out according to the law of thought and manifestation. Now, wait a minute, let me think. And perhaps I have no idea whatsoever how to approach this. Welcome to Raising Independent Thinkers. This show is a space for families who are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling. We'll explore alternative teaching methods, federal and state homeschooling laws, and most importantly, this show is a platform where families can inspire one another on how to raise independent thinkers. I'm your host, Bathsheba Omani, Montessori educator, homeschooling consultant, owner of Homeschool Guide, LLC, and mother of two. Let's get started. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome um, to the Raising Independent Thinker show. I'm your host, Beth Sheba. So I was not planning on getting on this evening, but um, I just wanted to share a message with all the mothers out there. Uh, since today is Mother's Day, I hope um, everyone had a peaceful day like I did. Um, I got a chance to go out and um, go out, walk through a garden and kind of meditate and just um, be with myself and my thoughts. And I hope that you all were able to just get have a little bit of peace, peace of mind today. So um, you just listened to Reverend Ike, and he talked about divine order, which is thought and manifestation. Um, he said that we need to discipline ourselves, our minds, so that it can serve us in the best way, which I absolutely agree with. Um, so I just wanted to share a poem with you all, and it's called The Greatest Treasure. And it says, the greatest treasure in the world is not found beneath the earth. Its bounty has been with me all my life from the very moment of my birth. When opened, there is no gold or silver, and it isn't hard to find. It comes with unconditional love and gives me peace of mind. When times are tough and I get down, it's the treasure I was given that gently smiles and always says, I love you and you're forgiven. I wonder how she always knew what I was feeling every day and when she held me in her arms, knowing just the right words to say. Yes, the greatest treasure in the world could only come from God above. It is the tender, gentle heart that is my mother's love. And this is, um, I found this poem, and it's by an unknown author, but it just touched me in a way. Um, and I, I started thinking about my mother when reading these words, my mother had passed away when I was younger and I didn't get a chance to really get to know her very well. So um, I just want to say, you know, 
all you mothers out there. Um, I hope that you are feeling appreciated. You have a job um, that sometimes doesn't get appreciated, but um, I hope that someone out there is appreciating you. Um, and yeah, I didn't really have any anything else to say. I will um, I will have a show ready for you all next week. And um, I hope you all stay blessed. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.